0: All right. Is it Thursday again already? Uh, yeah. Wait, cracking the whip already. Whoa. Welcome everyone. Um, I, I, I have to start the show. I, I'm sorry. There is a very important announcement I need to make. Any of you who sell on Amazon, you're done. You have no account anymore. Just kidding. It's a glitch. Seller Central is down, but I just thought I'd Riley a little bit. Yeah, but I want to know if, when I said that, you felt this pang of absolute panic, we need to talk. Yeah. Annoying, yes. Panic, no. All right. But seriously now, I do have with me in studio a very special guest. Um, I met... Dana, oh, about a year ago, at a networking event that was happening here in Las Vegas, found out she was a Vegas local. We connected, we did lunch, you know, um, and uh, I I just love what she teaches because those of you who know me uh, know I'm I'm a, like the like the visionary and the brilliant idea syndrome kind of gal, and but I struggle with processes and organization and systems, and that is. That is Dana's forte. So uh, we are going to talk with, like, I'm, I, I swear I'm going to pronounce your name right, <laughs> Dana Earhart Litiff. You got it all right. <laughs> <laughs> and I got to tell you, so we're gonna, we're gonna talk about all of your hot sales of the week and uh, why won't they buy stuff and all that good stuff. Second half of the show, but. First, we are going to talk with Dana, who, and I find this really, really awesomely fascinating about you is you're actually a relative of Amelia Earhart.
1: I am. I am very proud to say I am the fourth cousin to Amelia Earhart. So, uh, mm-hmm. she's the leading pioneer in my life, and uh, I won't come close to uh, some of the accolades she deserves. Uh, but she, it's it's awesome to to be able to say I'm a relative. Yeah, that is so super cool. I love that. <laughs> I love that.
0: How did you find that out, by the way?
1: Uh, my dad knew, it. Oh, knew uh, it. Obviously, he's third cousin, and uh, when he was growing up, he knew they had letters and um, some, some actually family reunions of his parents and grandparents, uh, where they would have been obviously much close, more closely related and uh, interacting. Yeah,
0: and and I bring that up too because one of the reasons we love Amelia is that she did something that women just didn't do back in those days. I mean, women were not bold and, you know, just decided they were going to do something that nobody had done.
1: Absolutely. Truly, like I said, a a pioneer. And uh, I laugh when I look back at family photographs because each of my sisters, I have two older sisters, and I think when we were all in third grade, we did that autobiography on Amelia Earhart where we had to dress up with the swim goggles and the swim cap and... Put a man's tie on and pretend like we were a pilot. What
0: <laughs> that is, is that? I just love that. So, I, of course, we could talk all day about that. But what I really want to get into, um, and for my viewers, is that systems and prioritizing and all that. Like, we'll try to make it sound exciting. <laughs> it is exciting when it happens. Um, what is your background? How did you come about getting that? I mean, was it natural for you or did it come with your corporate background
1: experience? truly, I didn't realize um, how ingrained it was in me. Um, I, in college decided I was going to be that strong, independent female executive. Uh, I was going to climb the corporate ladder and that's exactly what I did in my 20s. Obviously, I went to college. However, all of so much of the business was really hands-on learning, project management, strategy, structure, logistics, operations. Um, I've managed a team from um, you know a team of one to a team of a hundred over multiple states and actually multiple continents. Uh, having a team in London at one point, in addition to uh, the United States, and. I didn't realize what an anomaly that was because it was my life. And I just thought, okay, if you're in business, this is what you need to know. Um, And it wasn't until uh, really I started learning a lot more about smaller business and entrepreneurship that I realized there's so many people just like yourself, incredible visionaries. They have the vision. They have the passion. They don't necessarily have the organization, the process, the systems I'm one of those. I I will call myself it a geek. I love spreadsheets. I love numbers. They speak to me. They say tell me a story, um, and uh, evidently that's not the case for everyone. <laughs> yeah, I was just gonna say
0: somebody needs to. <laughs> Yeah, no, yeah, I I find the numbers and the spreadsheets and all that very, very challenging. So uh, bless you. (laughs) Somebody's got to do it. Yes, yes. So let's talk a little bit more about that team building because I know Mm -hmm. this is something that also entrepreneurs struggle with. We're going to have our own business and we're going to work for ourselves and we're going to work from home. And all of a sudden we figure out we have got like 20 gazillion things to do to run our business and we need help. So how do you build a
1: team? How do you like even know where to start? Uh, Great question. You know, in the corporate world, I really grew up with the thought process and philosophy that you hire one person and, oh, it's awesome if you can hire somebody who's a jack of all traits, who has a little bit of skill set in a bunch of areas because you can send them in a hundred different directions and just have one person. When you're in small business and what I have learned now and what I teach is that is the exact opposite of what I want you to do. It's a lot more efficient if you need help in marketing, you need help in accounting, you need help in sales, you need an administrative uh, support system, then you hire four different people who have that as their specialty. I also do not uh, focus on developing one's weakness. I focus on enhancing their strength. I'd rather see you focus where you excel and delegate and hire where you're weaker to someone who has that as their strength. That is how you really get optimal efficiency with a team.
0: I love that. I I mean, and it really is, even if you're beginning, I am see if you agree with this, is if you can only hire one person, pick that first thing to get off your plate. Absolutely. Because the efficiency in picking up the time from hiring that person is going to make it possible for you to hire that next person. Absolutely. Next, yeah. It's okay. a fabulous snowball. <laughs> yeah, it is. I So this is my little joke. I want a Donna. And for those of you who watch Suits, you'll know what I mean by this. <laughs> I want a Donna. I watched it last night. <laughs> she is a, a legal secretary that like she knows what her boss needs before the boss even asks for it. It's like, oh, here. I already did that. <sighs> Absolutely. Dream. Yeah. So. <laughs> season premiere was last night so it was was a good one (laughs) I think you were the one who turned me on to that show actually I was like whoa that's a good show all right so uh, so we got the the team building we know Mm -hmm. we need that so before we get to that because I know a lot of my viewers a lot of people who are just starting out they're just they're not at that place that they can even hire one person yet or bring in one person in for help Mm -hmm. so what would you say to them
1: You know, I think the biggest thing is to make sure that you're starting with, you know, I'm going to put that label on it of a strategic plan. And I don't use those words to um, have people running. I don't it does not have to be incredibly technical. However, saying that you have a goal of six figures this year, that is not a plan. Mm -hmm. That is a goal. So the real plan comes in what's required on a quarterly, monthly, weekly, even daily basis between where you are now and where you want to get to, to get to that six figures, what has to happen? What do you need in place? And then back into that on what needs to happen when? And then the key thing is you don't just create a plan, leave it in your computer and never look at it again. You need to have that plan in front of you on a daily basis. And you're really executing and being very intentional with your own time, energy and resources on a daily basis to focus where you need to be focused that day Mm -hmm. to hit the milestone next week, to hit the milestone next month. Um, and it's really surrounding yourself with the people who are going to keep you accountable to what you said you wanted and what you were willing to do to get it. Yeah, that's
0: what I'm. I'm sitting here thinking, it's like so many of us know we know we need a plan. We know we need this stuff, and it always kind of gets put off. Oh yeah, I'll work on that tomorrow. Oh yeah, okay. I, you know, I, first I've got to get this done.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, how do we like step into that?
1: It, it's not easy. And, you know, sometimes I think the first few steps actually can be easy because you're gung ho. You're like, all right, I'll do this. And that first day you are on it. That second day you're on it. Day three, you're sort of on it. (laughs) Day four. Well, (laughs) Um, and unfortunately, that happens for all of us. And so, you know, people are like, oh, you're a business coach, but you have a coach. Absolutely. And I would highly recommend that if you are ever looking to bring on a coach, mentor, consultant in any area of your life, first, make sure that they're walking their talk. Mm -hmm. Have they invested in themselves in those same areas? And are they currently being mentored? Because you have to believe as an individual, as an entrepreneur, as a business owner, my big pet peeve is if you are not growing, if you are not actively stretching to get out of your comfort zone, how in the world do you think your business is going to achieve results different than what you already have? Yeah. So it's just, you know, it's really surrounding yourself um, not with people who will say yes, ma'am, no, (laughs) ma'am, and just agree with you with whatever you want. You want people who are, like I said, not only your cheerleader and your advocate, but they're going to not tolerate your excuses. They're going to hold you to what you said you wanted, and say some of the tough stuff for you to realize the action that wasn't happening. And therefore, if it's not happening, you're not going to achieve the results you want.
0: You know, and I think this is actually one of the problems with Facebook because it is so easy to go out there and get validation for not doing what you know you're supposed to do. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely.
1: You have to want whatever your goal is more than you want to stay where you're at because it's mm-hmm. not going to be easy. It's doable. It's possible. I have clients doubling and tripling the results, but it's with hard work, intention, and continual focus. Um, mm-hmm. It doesn't just happen on its own. Yeah, that work
0: thing. that That's the four-letter word, but gosh, you know. It's, okay, if this stuff was easy, everybody would be a millionaire. Absolutely. It's not easy. Anybody who tells you it's easy, Run. Because it's not, it's nope. not easy. It can be fun. It can it can feel easy, but it does. It's not easy. So,
1: at, make that real clear right there. Absolutely. And some days it's uh, a lot less oh. easy than others. <laughs> I, I, you know what?
0: I confession time. I did not get out of my pajamas until about two o'clock in the afternoon yesterday. Just saying.
1: <laughs> and sometimes those can be your most productive days just saying <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah it wasn't <laughs> oh, okay <laughs> <laughs> well <laughs> so Dan, we're going to take a really quick break here and then we're going to come back and talk about an actual little system that you have sounds great Millions of online sellers are looking for one identity to use in thousands of platforms. E-Rated manages your reputation by importing unlimited social media, marketplace, and behavioral data. It reveals your cross-platform performance, compares it with competitors, and calculates your E-Worth, and it gives you the tools you need to improve sales and find room to grow. Discover your E-Worth and your own reputation And it's shareyourreputation.com. Go get your free account, you guys. Go get your free account. I'm telling you, it's a good business. I know the guy's buying that business and it's growing into something that's going to be really, really cool. So um, where were we? We were talking. Okay, so we we figured out, like not all of us are blessed with this uh, love of spreadsheets and, and getting it done. So, okay, so let me give you like real life example. Like I have three big, Big projects going and it's like I can't really put any one of those aside to do another one Mm -hmm. so how can I make sure that I get each piece of those projects done uh, and get them
1: all done the way they should be done great question and it really does come down to streamlining simplifying and prioritizing so as you said if all three projects are equal priority Then you need to look at the pieces and the components of each project and prioritize that. So it might be that you're working on the top one or two priorities within each project tomorrow, and then you're gonna move on to those next priorities the following day. I like to say that it's not about working off of a to-do list that's 100 items. Because what happens is, and especially women, I'm a mom, when you're juggling all of it, you do have lists. You have lists everywhere. And I'm one of those people, even if it wasn't on the list and I just did it, sometimes I'll put it on the list so I can cross something off. (laughs) I do that too! (laughs) (laughs) But the truth is, oftentimes when we're working off of a list that's so large, we are setting ourselves up to feel unsuccessful. And that leads to a lack of fulfillment and a lack of confidence in our ability. So I'd much rather see you get really focused with what are the absolutely critical priorities for tomorrow. They absolutely, positively have to get done before we move to anything else. So those are the most critical, and I typically recommend three to five items that would be in that category of what has to get done. Then you have a second category which is critical, or important, but not as critical as that top category. Like if it doesn't get done today, you know, nothing bad's going to happen. Yeah, it can move till tomorrow. <laughs> Um, and then it's also looking at who do you need to be in contact with, because you might need to reach out to some people to complete some of those priorities. And it might be that you just, you know, your, your daughter or son, you need to be calling their school or, or teacher mm-hmm. about something. You're going to be putting that down as a person you need to contact. Um, it could have been a sales prospect that you need to be following up with. You last Tuesday, you said you would call them this Tuesday. Tomorrow is Tuesday. We need to make sure we're calling them. The last category is life priorities. Because while I do focus on business, um, I am absolutely about having a well-rounded, balanced life. And, um, you know, quick side note is one of the first exercises I do with everyone um, is to make sure that their business is supporting their life vision. Because if your business is not supporting your life vision, at one point you will all of a sudden be at that place where you're thinking, what in the world have I done? This is not the life I want. And you resent your business. Absolutely. And you're not happy at home and you're just feeling like you're stuck. And I want to do everything we can to avoid that. Mm -hmm. So if you break up your to-dos into these four areas, Um, I have what I call my daily GPS And just like when we get in the car now, you know, we all live with the (laughs) GPS. We have Siri talking to us. Um, I think you need to have a GPS for your day-to-day activities in business and in life. And so I actually have come up with a sheet that has these four categories in it where you can literally on a day-to-day basis be writing in what's most critical, what's important, but not as critical. Who do I need to contact and what are my life activities um, and priorities for that day that I need to do as well. I also believe in gratitude and really in the morning, spending just a minute or two thinking about what are we thankful for? And I also, what's a little bit different, I had not heard or seen this before since I've been implementing it, is at the end of the day, to be thinking about what are you proud of that you accomplished that day Mm. and to celebrate that. Because so often when we're thinking gratitude, it's wonderful, we're thanking someone, something, we're showing appreciation for something. What often gets missed is we forget to give ourselves that pat on the back and really celebrate what we accomplished, what we created, and I think it becomes a wonderful snowball. When you're starting the day in gratitude, you're ending in celebration, it naturally wants you to create more of that, more things to be grateful for, yeah. more things to celebrate, and so those are what I call my bookends to the day. Um, you have the bookend of gratitude, then you're getting into what is critical, what's important, who do you need to contact, your life priorities, and you're ending it celebrating what you accomplished that day.
0: I like that, see, you know what, Yeah huge light bulb just went off for me because I do, I do a to-do list every, I, we call mm. it a to list in the, in the Avsters. <laughs> I do that and I've, I've learned to just, you know, really what has to be on that list to get done today. Mm. So I'm, I'm, I'm getting that, but I always am so hard on myself for those things. Oh, it didn't get done or I never celebrate the things that I, that I, and I get a lot of stuff done, you know, Absolutely. I know I do, but it's always, oh, it wasn't good enough. Um, Yeah, I bet. I bet some of you guys do that too. It it wasn't good enough, right? You didn't get, you know, 20 more things listed like you wanted to. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I love that. Absolutely. So... For if we want to go ahead and, and share our, oh, the gift I'm, that I'm willing absolutely. to give. Or I may She's have just jumped goodie. the gun. I'm sorry. She's got a goodie <laughs> for you. Yes. Uh, but for anyone who is interested in having their own custom GPS worksheet, uh, you can go to my website, uh, DanaYourHeartLidiff.com and if you put in your name and email address, in addition to what you can see here on the screen, the top 10 money drains in your business and learning how to plug them, in addition to that I want to give you a special bonus. Bonus, which is my GPS for today worksheet and you can can I print, look at it absolutely yeah, this,
0: looks, oh, this is cool
1: you can print off uh, as many copies of it as you want um, and if you're you know I know often we're already working in our own planners so if you just want to take the key components of that worksheet and build it into the planner you're already using you can do that as well
0: I'm so doing this. Awesome.
1: I'm so doing this, <laughs> Like, And I
0: and I love the cell And now we do the, like, even today over at the Danny Facebook group, it was Thankful Thursday. Nice. I mean, that's, yeah, because that is so important. Be appreciative of those good things in your life. I have an amazing life. And I think about that every day. I mean, absolutely. I'm very important. But I don't celebrate at the end of the yeah. day. And I just. That's a beautiful thing. I it like is.
1: That. And it's, you know, it's something great for yourself, but it's also something you can be bringing into your family. And when you're having dinner mm-hmm. together as a family, and I know that may not happen every night uh, when you have kids going all different directions, but is to just take a t- moment and say, what are you, what are you proud of today? What did you create? What what should we celebrate? Um, and it's just a great way to really stay focused on what we accomplish every day, as opposed to what we may not have.
0: I love that. I just, uh, you guys love that. I'm like, the chat's really full today too. Thank you guys all for being here. It's, we have a, a very, very full chat. I hope you guys are all going over and grabbing that. But um, I hope everybody is, if you do nothing else, you know, from what we talked about, take that away. I mean, that, that's huge. It's going to make a huge difference. So as one last little tidbit you can give them of something they could start today to make their business better.
1: Before you leave the office, leave your desk for today, be planning out your day tomorrow of what your top priorities are. Uh, In the corporate world, I had a boss who had military experience, and I hope I can share this without offending anybody, but he had the seven P's. And it is... Proper prior planning prevents piss-poor performance. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So hopefully I didn't offend anybody there. (laughs) But I just think that is so integral. If you're planning the night before what you're going to do the following day, you're setting yourself up for success before the day's even started. Love it. Awesome. Dana, thank <laughs> you so much for coming in. Thank you for having me. It's been a been fun. It's been an honor and I love hanging out with you. So thank yeah, you. Yeah.
0: We'll we'll do it again sometime.
1: Sounds great. So everybody, go download that. We're going to go to a quick
0: commercial break and be right back to show you some stuff. I'm Danny Ackerman of the and what I do is inspire, motivate and empower online sellers to grow a six-figure business. I have been doing the coaching side of my business for three years, and I have been an online seller for, oh my goodness, this is my 17th year. We have uh, group coaching programs, we have private coaching programs, Uh, I do in-person live events all around the country. I do a large three-day event here in Las Vegas called More Fun, Bigger Profits, and it's all about helping people build a plan, taking action, and reaching their goals in their online business. You can come find out more about me at thedannyapp.com. Okay, we have a new segment. Now, uh, the last time we did this, we called it, Why Won't It Sell? And I thought about that, and I thought, no, this is not about the it. This is about the the they. (laughs) Let me explain that. So everything, and you've heard me say this before, everything is an emotional purchase for people. There's some reason that they're searching and buying. So that's really what we need to figure out. Not why won't it sell? It is not going to sell itself. We need to figure out why they are not finding it and or buying it. So that is what we are going to call this segment. Why won't they buy? And we are going to start off, um, this is from my good friend, Robin Lamont. Robin had uh, an antique store down in Tucson that I used to get to merchandise and have a little spot in the store. Just love love, Bob and Robin, uh, dear friends. And she's had this item listed for over a year. Let me give you the item number if you are listening along. It's 3911 7588 And this is a a Cushman ashtray, cigarette, cigar, 21 inch tall, colonial maple, VT model number 1000, rare. Okay. So we've been talking about this, talking right, right off the bat, you can see that is a pretty lengthy title. And. I'll tell you the first thing, before I even looked at the title on this, I looked at what it was and thought, hey, that's pretty darn cool, but I would not have found this unless I was searching for a mid-century cigar ashtray, maybe even a a floor ashtray or a pedestal ashtray. And you'll see in this title, it's Cushman Ashtray Cigarette Cigar. Nobody's going to type the words in there. Nobody's going to search that way. Now, the other thing you have to look at is Cushman a desired brand that people are looking for. If it is, great. Keep it a first word. If it's not so much, if the customer for this is somebody who's probably more looking for a mid-century floor ashtray, you really need to think about organizing those words that way because that's what they're typing in which tells the little search engine go do, 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 do. who's who's got the most likely item. Oh, look, this one has those exact words in that exact order. Bam, we're putting that one up first. All that has to happen is for this to come up on that first few results in that best match and the picture is such that the person goes, "Oh yeah, that's exactly what I'm looking for." Shazam. And then they click over, and then hopefully they buy. Um, when I was doing a little research on these old cigar floor ashtrays, I also noticed that Robin, you can bump up that price because this is not a matter of the price as much as it's a matter of being found. And once it's found, somebody's gonna pay two hundred bucks for this. I, I'd I'd make this one ninety nine ninety nine and do free shipping. Free shipping. It's going to get you that extra little bump in likelihood of coming up in the search. But I think that's all. And and I would rework that title. Seriously, this is, this is mid-century all the way. Mid-century floor cigar ashtray. And then you can put some of the other stuff if you want. But you guys be careful about this feeling like needing to stuff all this stuff into your titles to capture everybody. Because um, that's actually costing you the sale. And then let us know if that, if that helps. Oh, if it's been listed a year, also I would I would end it sell similar when you make the changes, not just revise it, because you want it to come up as a nice fresh new listing for anybody looking for mid-century cigar ashtrays. Um, and a little thing about that. So consequently, people are saving searches. I think I have about ten. Saved searches. And I will tell you, they are effective. The shoes I am wearing on my feet came through in one of those saved searches for a certain brand of shoes that I was looking for. So um, they work. So you want that to be a new listing. All right. How about a four-star kitchen coffee pot tray, Myra, white ceramic, Germany, Wachtersbach logo. I can almost say that. I have a little German blood in me. Mostly Polish, but a little bit German. All right. Um, and this comes from Sandra Q. Woosley. It's item number two five one six It's been listed um, not quite a year. Hasn't done anything. She just researched it, listed it, and um, she had it for, she says, Best Buy. I'm, I'm assuming like fixed price. Oh, okay. I see something. Yep, yep, yep tried an auction, and then just put a price on it. So I'm sure I should go to the best offer route. Yes. And um, been getting lots of offers lately since our talk. Sandra and I had a little talk on the phone, and that was one of the big things. Get that best offer added into your listings. And I'll tell you more about that in a second. And she says that things have been getting offers. Now, here's the thing. I hear it over and over and over. Oh, I took best offer off because I was sick of getting those low ball offers. And I want you guys to really rethink that because those low ball offers are doing you a huge favor. Yeah, they, they can be on the annoying side. I get it. But think in your mind that isn't just a low ball offer, that is a boost in search. Because now what happened was that person that came along, clicked on your listing, clicked on make an offer. There's two engagements right there. That's how the the search engine sees it. Now it says, hey, this is a good item. Customers are, are interacting and, and interested in this. The next person that searches for a four-star kitchen coffee pot, yadda dee we're going to put that up a little higher in search and you will be amazed how many times the item ends up selling uh, before you've even done anything with the offer that came in. So I I love, I love any offer that comes in those low balls. I just in my mind go, thank you search boost. Um, And, and the item usually sells shortly after that. Now that being said, it goes back to again, the, the buyer. Who would be looking for this specific item? What are they most likely to be typing in to search? I can tell you that the and you're going to make me say it again, Wachter Spach. <laughs> that is an important piece. That is a very collectible brand. That would be first, first word in this listing for me. So I would put that um, four star kitchen because that is on the coffee pot itself. And if somebody was looking to replace that, they're going to know that that's what was on there. So I'd put the brand four-star kitchen coffee pot. I'm getting laughed at here in the studio for doing that. I'm just saying. Um, I'm not sure what the Myra, the M-Y-R-A, what that stands for. If it's significant to the piece, keep it. Um, If not, bump it down into item specifics. White and ceramic, bump those into item specific. Get those out of your title not the way somebody's going to be typing that into the search. Less is more guys. Less is more. Um, And I think your price is okay. I would definitely add the best offer though. Definitely add the best offer. Yes, yes, yes. All right. Why am I getting the whip cracked on me today? I'm telling you. All right. Yeah. Oh, they get a whip because it's not sold yet. So yeah, there we go. You want to... You want to turn that into a ka then, you know, make a few changes. Yeah, there we go. All right. So let's talk about our hot sales of the week. Now, we run a thread over on the Danny Up Facebook group every Sunday. We call it Score Sunday, Scores of the Week. And the fun thing we're doing now, if you want to come and play along with this, is people are posting their really good sales of the week. And then people are voting with likes. And then I'm going in there and picking the ones with the biggest amount of likes that you guys want to talk about. So that's how we play. All right. Uh, First, let's see. All right. So (laughs) I love this. Tammy. Tammy Grant. So uh, she's got a whole story with these. And you know what? I'm not going to be able to read it because I don't have my dang glasses with me but oh wait maybe I can okay I can read this if I hold it my arms are long enough I got this all right so you guys are looking at this going $9.99 that's not a score that's not a hot sale right and the story goes that she spent about a hundred dollars to get 100,000 of these wooden spoons it was at an auction They have been consistently selling because that's what happens with a multi-quantity listing. You list it once, you let it ride. Because as soon as they start selling again, the search engine goes, "Ooh, this is a good item. People are not only clicking on it when it comes up in their search, but oh, they're buying it. They're adding it to their cart. We're going to keep putting this one up high in those results. So it's it's one of those really good snowballs (laughs) like uh, Dana was talking about. Um, So that's what happens. I am a-okay with a $10 item when you have the multi-quantity because she's only had to do the work on this once. The pictures were only taken once. The process for shipping this out, uh, you know, is the same every time. Super easy. Um, And let's see. She said how much she's made on these. Oh, yeah. By the time all the spoons... So sell, she will have made about a $5,000 profit <laughs> on little wooden spoons. Now, do not go out and buy a little group of wooden spoons because you saw this hot sale of the week, okay? The key here was she bought 100,000 of them. And, you know, half of that still be good, but make sure it's worth the ROI that you're going to get of getting something that's at a lower price point. But yay, Tammy. Oh, I do need to mention too, Tammy specializes in party supplies. So, another key element there. A niche, you might say. Okay, so this <laughs> This is so cute because this is actually on my mom's account. Uh, this is item number 2716. 88064480. Uh these are Pampers Premi Swaddlers disposable diapers. Now, I'm actually responsible for not being able to leave these in the clearance cart at the grocery store. They were they were like 75% off. They came out to like $4 a package, and I thought, "Ah, they've got to be worth something on Amazon, right?" But I brought them home and they just, the margins weren't good enough to send them into Amazon. So I thought, okay, what else can we do with these? Mom, you're listing these as reborn doll supply diapers. She's sold them all. We had six of them. She sold them all. $16.95 a piece. You guys do the math. That's eight, eight eight-ish profit each. And no, God, see, I'm bad at math. Like $12 profit each times six. Oh, don't laugh at me over there. (laughs) Yeah, let somebody else do the math, okay? It is my weakness. Anyway, it was a whole lot of money, okay? I know that much. Um, So always be willing, think outside the box. You buy something that doesn't turn out the way you thought it was gonna be, what else can you do with it? How can you do the marketing in such a way That it turns into a winner. I'm telling you. And bundles fall into this too, guys. Sometimes it's take a couple of different things that on their own, not really good to sell, but put them together and you've got magic, right? Yeehaw. All right. Okay, we got we got time for one more and this was a doozy. This was a doozy. I love this. Um, this is from Amy Alexander Kagi and again, I gotta I gotta read her little backstory on this. Dun, dun, dun. Okay, this Wonder Woman doll came from an estate sale. It was um, it was afternoon on the estate sale day, so a lot of times they'll they'll start discounting because estate sales, they want to clear that stuff out. So everything was half off. There were lots of 1970s dolls still in original packaging. This one was $7.50. And you can see there, it sold for a whopping $600. So I can't help but think, how many more of those dolls did you pick up, Amy? I hope you got them all. Not, I mean, I probably wasn't another Wonder Woman, but 1970s stuff? Okay, a little math here again. People that were children in the 70s that had these items, how old are they now? They are collectors. Uh this was run on a 7-day auction. I mean, this was boom. Let's see what she started it at. 29 bids, folks. This this was a heated battle. This was a heated battle. She started it at started at 9.99. Yeah, Ah, I'm telling you, the bidding war still happened. The key here was this, my friends, was an emotional purchase. This is totally emotional. Somebody, child of the 70s, Wonder Woman, hey, I wanted an invisible plane, I confess. Right, and the little magic rope and all that. Yeah, there are people with money to spend. They are out there. Don't cheat them by pricing your stuff too cheap, okay? I'm just saying. Nice job. I know, it's so exciting. The this the, These bidding wars still happen because bidding in and of itself can be very emotional. Very, especially, okay, this is a little sexist, but if it's two guys battling at an auction, you can always sit back and watch the bids go up. I, I don't know. All right. So. We're going to try something new and fun and see how this works. I don't know. We'll we'll see. I took a little video. This is, this is a video I took. I went to Savers here in Las Vegas and did a little shopping and, uh, we're, I, and we're not going right to the video because this is the very first part right here. Those little creatures. If you stop a minute, um, I actually bought every single one of those off the shelf. i like I got my cart and I streamlined for those suckers because these are they're wood. They're carved of wood. I still got the price tag on, um, but you can see where they were sat on a little. I don't know what you the terminology, but it sat and they carved it out, and you can see where it spun around. Um, these are nodders. Okay, so they're little like bobbleheads. They are also known as Kokeshi or kokishi dolls, however you say that, K-O-K-E-S-H-I. Very collectible. The the smaller ones, the shorter ones, and actually these two right here, um, they're a pair. It's like a, uh, I think they're supposed to be a bride and a groom. So I'll be selling those two together. Here's the one in the middle. And then the ones over are also pairs. Now they were... Uh, they were a little more expensive. Like these, the short ones were $5.99. The tall ones were $7.99. But each one of these uh, will sell in the $30 to $40 range all day long. I'm going to do the pairs. I'm going to start them on auction at 50 See where they go. If they sell at $50, i am good with that. Um, oh, and did I mention I had 30% off? So Yeah. So um, you can stop there a second. So this little guy caught my attention. Uh, anything like Native American and the the different, you know, symbolic and ceremonial kind of stuff. I, and I'm sure this guy, I, I think like the, the sun god or something. Anyway, he caught my eye and I actually would have bought him if he didn't have a chip on his little nose. So that was the only reason I left him on the shelf. But if you look over on the other side of this picture here, this is why like, uh, if you were following me on Facebook, I said, I need your help. I have no clue what this is for. All I know is it is Native American pottery and it's it's actually really well done. Here's one of the keys with with Native American pottery. and And by the way, you can call this an effigy meaning it's got like the animal faces. Um, You can call it polychrome. Polychrome means more than one color in the pottery. Actually, this one's more painted, so I'm not sure polychrome would um, apply. Uh, But the painting is really well done. It's very intricate. There's lots of little symbols, so it's a decent piece. It's not signed. This is what's throwing me. It's like a little teapot thing. There's a spout and... It's got an opening on the bottom, but there's no way you can like do that. So is it like just a, I don't know. Come on, guys, help me out here. What would you call it? I All I know, it was five It's got a lot of eye appeals, super keywords, and I brought it home. So it'll get listed with what I know about it. And there's nothing very exciting on the shelf. You know, sometimes you have to really kind of like search and, and dig through and, yeah, it was a couple things I picked up and looked at, but stop right there. I don't know if you can see this. Uh, this is actually a clown. And he's one of those uh, 70s copper brass sculptures on like a marble slab. I always pick those up. Again, something about the 70s. The, the really bummer, and I didn't get it on the video, is that he's got, well, he was supposed to have four balloons up in the air. Did you notice I just did four just caught myself doing that. I'm thinking ahead because actually he he does only have three. Uh, so they priced him super cheap because one of his balloons broke off. But I'm going to go home with a little wire snippers, snip off the, the one, you know, wire with the balloon missing. Nobody's going to know, right? We'll see. I'm going to put him at auction and see how he does. I'm figuring I'll get about 50 bucks for him. And stop. Okay i'm so sad that i couldn't buy this guy but right here next to the big old pear thing which i also picked up by the way uh, but didn't buy this is a little duck that looks like a topiary duck meaning he had like artificial grass and he was really really cool except he was in really bad shape otherwise he had come home with me he would have sold all day long so condition is a factor you always want to consider condition so, and I think that was about all that I picked up off of that. Um, I actually bought that jewelry piece to display things down at my my antique booth. Um, wasn't anything too exciting on this shelf? And, uh, you know, it, funny, stop. Oh, go back there. Right. Yep. All right. See those bookends? Okay, this is hilarious. Is I actually probably would have bought those bookends. I can't say for sure cuz I didn't see them until I went back and reviewed the video. So even I miss things, guys. Everybody misses things on the shelves. So don't ever think that it's going to be a wasted trip thinking, you know, if you knew somebody shopped ahead of you, you can always find stuff. Always find stuff to sell. I'm telling you, we can't spot it all. So yeah, that's uh that's pretty much all I came home from on that trip i and i spent i made myself a note i did the math ahead of time i spent about 75 dollars on things to resell and they will they will net a profit of about 770 dollars yeah and that was a you know a little 20 minute shopping trip so fun stuff i'm telling you i i teach people how to do this you know yeah you, too, can spend 20 minutes to make, you know, like $700 profit. You can do it. Okay, let's do a little good, the bad, and the utterly. Okay, so we have some really, really, really sad, sad news. And it's, and it's notable. And it's actually, this really does make me sad why this makes me so sad he lived a really good life but the man who created the pink plastic lawn flamingo has died it is true yes I, who doesn't love those pink flamingos come on I've and now here's the key there's a lot of cheap copies replicas out there keep an eye out for the real thing the real ones are still out there in fact someone down at the antique mall where I have my booth Had a set new in the box still. Like, I I walked by those every day going, I'm going to buy those. I'm like, Danny, where are you going to put them? Yeah. But, yep, keep an eye out. Pink flamingos. They are very much loved. This was like on every news source out there. So, uh, it was big, big enough news for all the news people to pick it up and talk about it. So, probably big enough news for people still to be shopping for it. Okay, who is freaking out about the spring seller release? June 29th. Ooh, D-Day, D-Day. Okay. Yeah. Relax. It's all good. All right. The big thing I'm seeing out there is that you guys are freaking out about the new uh, product identifier requirements and... I'm going to tell you, it's it's not a big deal. And I thought I had, oh, here it is. Yeah, I do have it on here. So number one, this is something that you really should be doing anyways. This has been talked about for quite a long time. This is things like the UPC code or the manufacturer part number, or if it has a global trade item number, those are things you're going to know. They're going to be on the box. They're going to be somewhere on the packaging you wanna use that stuff if you're listing that stuff. And the reason being is in modern technology, people are out there with their mobile phones and they're scanning. And those numbers just make it really, really easy for the computers to say, oh, that's the right thing. So use them if you got them, use them if you got them. Remember, this is for new or um, manufacturer refurbished. So this is not for used items, okay? Also, it is not every category. And um, I've got it up here on the screen. Maybe we can pop that up there. I don't know how well you guys will be able to see it. But it's very, very well spelled out over on the eBay um, pages. You can go. It's baby books, business and industrial, cameras and photos, cell phones, um, clothing, shoes and accessories. Shoes only. Shoes only in that. Computer, tablets, electronics, DVDs, movies, eBay motors. No collectibles. No glass, no pottery, no uh, art, none of that frou-frou stuff. It truly is your commodity items. It is the new toys and the new things. And it's only going to make your life easier when your customers can find your stuff. So don't freak out about it. Just comply. Just go in there. If you've got old listings that aren't in compliance, hire a VA to go in and update that stuff. I mean, perfect use of a VA to do that. But... Um, Just something we got to roll with. And June 29th is when this takes effect, where it is required. And here's the thing, you guys. eBay gives you pretty much a year's notice that this stuff is going to be required down the line. So when they first make a a suggestion, a recommendation, uh, you might want to, just do it. Because they're just going to force feed it anyway. So, All right. One last thing. I must touch on, how are we doing on time? Oh, we're good. We're totally good. Okay. I know it's a, it's a touchy subject. Okay. So I, uh, this, I'm not going to get political on this, but we must talk about the Confederate flag issue in eBay. Cause it's just, it's just too big not to touch. Uh, my appsters already know how I feel about this. We've been talking about this in, in our Facebook group, but uh, here's my concern. Now, number one, totally on board with taking it off of government buildings, doesn't have a place there. It was, yeah, that's I, good with that. eBay, Amazon, Etsy, all these retailers taking all of this merchandise off the market that has a Confederate flag. I am not a fan of that. And the reason is not because I endorse you know, the flag, not because I, you know, have a, even an opinion on what the flag stands for, um, because it is a very slippery slope when you start letting corporations decide what you can and can't buy, what you can and can't sell, what you can and can't collect. So it it is a freedom-based concern that I have um, that, you know... <sighs> there is nothing in the constitution that gives us the right not to be offended I, I you know and it just it is clearly is that is one of the beauties of this country is that it is a free country and when you start putting all these little micromanaged rules on people it's it's going down a bad path so that that's my only concern and because i mean it's been brought up you know the the dukes of hazard and And so many things very innocently use the Confederate flag as a symbol of the South, not as a symbol of anything bad or hatred or any of that. So, yeah, so there's my two cents on it, okay? That's, it's history. It's history. We cannot erase history. History just is. It just is. Let's make better history. I'm all for that. It's a good thing. Okay. Let's see. Viewer mail. Oh, we do a little viewer mail, and did you know that if you write me a nice little letter, or you have a comment, suggestion about the show, um, hey, if you have a complaint, I'll listen to those too. I'll even read them. Uh, but anyway, what we're doing is you send me something, and your name's getting put into a drawing to win. Uh, this month it is Lessons from the Mouse: A Guide for Applying Disney World Secrets of Success to Your Organization, Your Career, and Your Life. This applies to you guys. Um, I got to hear Dennis Snow at at a recent event, and he was phenomenal. I was like, I didn't want his talk to end. It was so fascinating how the structure of Disney World was put together, and there's so many lessons you guys can learn for your business, so many things that can set you apart from anyone you think is your competition. You really want this book, whether you win it or not. Oh, yes. Did I mention— Okay, Take the dandy dollars out of there. Did I mention it's autographed? So you have a signed copy of the book. And if you want a picture of him signing it, I'm happy to do that, give you that anyway. So, uh, what we got in this week, Matt, Matt, I love you. So Matt Pincush, he is an appster and, uh, he had actually sent me a message how he missed the scores and he missed seeing the stuff that I was doing. So, uh, he definitely encouraged me strongly to bring back something I was trying to figure out how to do that, but he really gave me the push I needed to, to get that back in the show. So Matt's not with us today watching live because he's got this new marketing thing he does at the flea market on Thursdays, and he's doing a phenomenal business. And he's, uh, you'll love this, he has given his date to his company that he's quitting. So he's going to take this up full time. Yeah. So he says, just thought I should send a follow-up message. I really liked this week's show, meaning last week's show. And it was the old show without the production issues. Um, Thank Thanks, Scott. <laughs> I don't know if everyone feels the same as I do, but there are some things about that format that make it stand out from all of the other shows. I can't watch live as my new farmer's market thing is up at that time, but I'll definitely keep catching it afterwards. Thank you, Matt. We got you in the... Uh, the drawing for a book. Love watching his progress. He has niched up a storm. Um, he and he's very like, think outside the box. I mean, he's doing something that I'm um, probably others are doing, but he's doing it in a way that is growing a business that he actually has to quit his job so he can keep up with his business. I love it. Let's see. We got time for this one? I think we do. Yeah, we can do this. All right. Pam Waldron. So she's uh, gearing up on eBay. And she's been considering FBA, which is fulfillment by Amazon, which is where if you sell on Amazon, you actually get to send the stuff into them to store and ship and take care of. So we call that FBA. I have some giant plush that I would like to send in to free up space here. If I can't find a poly bag for these, can I wrap them up in a clear, heavy-duty trash bag bag? Entire tape it shut, and put the suffocation warning and UPC stickers on it. So I'll stop there. It goes on, but let me stop there. Two things going on here. So number one, keep in mind, anything you send into Amazon, you do pay storage by the cubic, is it cubic foot, cubic inch? It's math again, but you pay for storage, okay? So the bigger the item, the higher the storage fee And oversized items, you're really going to get whammied on. So you don't want to send in anything oversized that you think is going to sit there any length of time. You want those to be fast-selling items. So I probably would not send these plush in. Now, that being said, if you did decide to send them in, they have to be in a clear poly bag. And there's some very specific guidelines on the, the thickness of the bag Uh, Maybe somebody in the chat can, I think it's, is it two millimeter? It has to be at least Um, because some people were kind of using like the bags from the grocery store, like you put the fruit in. I don't know anybody who would do that. Yeah, it was good while it lasted. Uh, So you do have to use a clear poly bag and it has to have a suffocation warning on it. I actually get... I'm lazy. I get the ones that are, um, they they self-seal. So you just pull the little tab and it sticks and it's got the label already printed on it. It's worth it for me to just spend a little more on those. And um, you can get them from places like Uline, um, a couple other places out there. All right. So that being said, here's the other issue with the presentation Uh, So keep in mind, however you send it in is how it's going to go out to a customer and think, would I want to get anything in a big old trash bag? (laughs) I'm just saying, I'm just saying. So you always want to be thinking, what is the experience for the buyer? Even though it's FBA sending it, it's Amazon sending it, it, it's probably still not so good, right? Because they're going to give you the feedback on it. Okay, so then, or should I just store them here in Ship When Sold? Yes. Now, list them on Amazon. List them as merchant fulfilled. Do that all day long, you guys. I sh- shipped out five or six things this week that are merchant fulfilled on Amazon. So don't think that if you can't send it in, it isn't going to sell. It's still going to sell. If the right customer is there, it's going to sell. Let's see. Ta-da. They are, yeah, 30, 30 by 30 and larger plush animals. Some approaching life size. Ooh, I like that. Are you using that in your title, Pam? Life size is good. Uh, some are not very bendable, so it needs special packaging for shipping. I know that can incur a dimensional charge. Exactly, yeah. So these are all things you really need to take into consideration. Perhaps some of those plush just need to go back and be donated. unless so, And here's my rule of thumb on the big, I love big jumbo plush. They sell, and they sell for good money, but make sure you've got one of the ones that's gonna sell. My rule of thumb, hundred bucks. I mean, to go through the hassle of having to store, having to ship, having to pay that extra shipping, cause I do free shipping. It's gotta be a hundred dollar plus, ooh, say that three times fast, hundred dollar plus plush. <laughs> I'm not gonna say that three times fast, yeah. Um. so really make sure it is worth it for the hassle and that's not just plush that is any I ship a lot of large items lamps artwork big old honking pieces of pottery but you know what I get paid well to deal with the hassle factor so that's really really important on that big stuff is is Hassle factor, send it back to, you know, if you have a savers, I love savers because number one, they're always running some kind of a deal where you can not pay full price when you're shopping there. But also when you donate, it builds up your little hero card so you can build it up and get 30% off. 30% off is huge. So uh, keep that in mind or take the tax write off, whatever it is. All right, so I hope that answered your question, Pam, and I hope uh, you find a a new home for those either sell them or give them soon. All right, so I want to thank our guest again, Dana, who, she's still here in the studio, I'm waving to her, um, for being here. I hope you all went over and downloaded her her GPS worksheet or get get your stuff in order. Let's be more productive and let's celebrate every day. I got, that's my big takeaway, celebrate. Um, thank you, everyone. And please head on over to iTunes and give us a little, you know, review, little thumbs up. We're still staying in the new and noteworthy, thanks to you guys. And uh, would like to stay there or get into the hot, you know, and what do they call these things? Podcasts or whatever over there. I don't, yeah. You know, if you couldn't be to the show live, I hope you're still listening to this. But always remember, you can watch the replay almost right away, right here at niche2profitshow.com. Also, you can see it on YouTube or, hey, Roku, iTunes. I said that. I thought I said that. I don't know. It's everywhere. But most of all, come send me your questions, do all that good stuff, and I'll see you out on Facebook. And now go be profitable and make it fun.